The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. As always, we have a riveting show for you. I am so excited about today's episode because we are going to bring back to life a topic that a lot of us were Sad would never come back again. Um, when Sony Pictures released the movie Who Killed the Electric Car, the assumption was that somebody did. But our guest today says not so fast, not so fast, because the electric car may be more viable than we ever imagined, thanks to a company called Better Place. Now, I don't want you to close this web browser. I want you to open a new tab and go to www.betterplace.com. We're going to be talking with Jason Wolf, who is the Business Development Head of North America Operations for Better Place, and we're going to be talking about their innovative technology that may very well bring the electric car to a driveway near you. Jason, thanks so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. Thanks, Jill, for having me. Thank you so much for having Better Place. You bet. You know, I first read about Better Place when I was on a trip, uh, actually a plane to China. I was going to be speaking at the 2009 Green Business Summit on Earth Day in Beijing, and I picked up a copy of Fortune Magazine because I saw Warren Buffett on the on the cover. He had a plug and an electric car behind him, and uh, he it was talking about how he had invested in an electric car manufacturer in China, BYD, and at the time, I was on my way to China to, um, to actually present an award to BYD on behalf of the China Entrepreneur Club, and I had so many questions in reading that article about the viability of an electric car company, but the article right after that one talked about Better Place, and it answered a lot of the questions that I had. Jason, if you would, explain to our listeners what Better Place does and how your, quote-unquote, filling stations work. What is the technology? Thanks, Jill. Well, I think, I think it's really great to understand that this is a industry that's coming back. It's not a new industry. It's coming back. It appeared in the late 19th century, early 20th century, and then again uh, predominantly in California in the 90s. But it is an industry that is, is coming back big time. Mm-hmm. I think that when you look at better place and what it does, it enables the electric vehicle to be competitive with the combustion engine gasoline vehicle we're all familiar with. So your questions about BYD or any electric vehicle have been the reason we have not seen mass adoption of electrical vehicles, even though the technology has been around for 100 years. And if you look at what those three key reasons are, it's around convenience, cost, and range. Convenience, most of us think of electric vehicles or or people not in the industry think of it as two-wheelers, three-wheelers, space-age type weird vehicles, (laughs) but 
better place brings an ability to have all your standard vehicles, sedans, SUVs, and that as electric vehicles. The second element has to be cost. The electric vehicles right now are less affordable, so you have a price differential that's sometimes 30, 40, 50% more than a conventional vehicle due to the battery. A battery might cost ten to $15,000, hence these vehicles are very expensive. Better Place owns the battery as part of its infrastructure and delivers it as a service. And the last element is around range. We know that electric vehicles, due to the battery uh, limitation, can drive about 100 miles in a trip. And none of us, even though we, we don't do this too often, where we drive more than 100 miles, none of us would give up our freedom, our gasoline car, to get up in the morning, drive from the Bay Area, go out skiing with our buddies, thinking that we could stop along the way for eight hours to recharge a battery. So Better Place puts in place a, a, a switching mechanism that allows you to, for instance, in your beautiful trip to Tahoe, to stop in Sacramento for less than two minutes, less than that takes you to fill up a tank of gas, and replace your depleted battery with a refreshed one and continue on your journey. That's amazing because truly that is, I think, one of the things that a lot of folks who live perhaps outside of an urban setting, maybe in the suburbs and we commute to work or what have you, um, that is, that's been a tremendous limitation thinking that we could only make it about 100 miles and then, you know, we've got to plug in for many, many hours to recharge the battery. It's pretty amazing to think about being able to just pull in to the station, have the battery, to explain how this works, because I read about it, and uh, but I want to hear from you. You pull in, then what happens in this two minutes? You pull in, and if you think of a car wash where your wheel is guided, you basically go through an automated, fully automated process with no human intervention where your battery is removed from the, be- the car and a new one is put in place, in in its place, and in less than two minutes, you would be outside of this thing fully functional again for another 100 miles. And you You, don't even have to leave the vehicle. You don't have to leave the vehicle. Uh, Potentially in the future, you could even, on your way as the vehicle approaches the station, it knows who you are, it knows what your preference of coffee is. There are additional things that come on top of that, but you really can automatically, without leaving the vehicle, within two minutes be on your way. That is amazing. That's even faster than a gas station. That That's really incredible. Do you guys ever sit around Better Places offices and say, why didn't anybody think of this before? If we had the time, we probably would. No, but <laughs> seriously speaking, um, this... The, the reason these things are are so simple once they exist is because of necessity. It, it necessity drives the innovation. Up until now, before $147 gasoline and and the real necessity to move away from fuel uh, in in lightweight vehicles, there wasn't the necessity to invent a a solution to the problem because the problem didn't exist. If you look at other areas. It exists. If you look in warehouses, Mitsubishi does these things with forklifts. You have a necessity, a business necessity, to run a forklift 24-7, and the batteries, because those are electrical forklifts, 
don't don't last that long. So you do have mechanisms for switching the batteries in those industries. So it's not a new concept. It's just a new deployment in this business model. It's a new application. And so basically what you're going to be doing, and I think that you've already done this in other places, in Israel and Denmark and, and other places, and I'd love to hear how it works, is that you'll be putting in these essentially filling stations or battery stations um, just like we'd see a corner gas station. How, how many of these do you think you have to have in, say, a city like San Francisco in order to make you know, electric vehicles really viable and make it convenient for users? It's a great question because it it is similar to a gas station, but you need many fewer switch stations than you do gas station. And the reason is is such. When you get an electrical vehicle, you're basically getting a charge spot at home, a charge spot at work, and charge spots wherever you would tend to travel to. So you are basically topped off. Your energy level is topped off wherever you go. You're parking. Our cars are parked over 20 hours a day on average, so we're topped off everywhere we go. So the switch station becomes a range extension for the uniquely long trips or for the places where, you know, I I took one of our electric vehicles to San Francisco the other week and I was in a hurry, I didn't have a charge spot and I couldn't plug in. Those would be the perfect places where you would use a switch station. So numbers-wise, if there's 1,300 gas stations in the Bay Area, you would see probably an order of magnitude five times or ten times less switch stations to support the same number of vehicles. That's incredible because in California and in so many other places, land use is a big issue. And, you know, when urban planners are setting out to do what they do, um, every little spot of real estate has to be well thought through. So if we're actually putting in fewer of these, you know, uh, filling stations or car maintenance stations, whatever we end up calling them, um, then you're, you're actually going to be using less land. That will open up more land for other uses. And I would have to think that the environmental impact of a battery changing station would be less than having oil tanks or gas tanks under the ground for a filling station. Absolutely. Uh, one of the causing, uh, the leading causes of, of, of water problems we have in this state is seepage and, and leakage from these under, underground gas tanks. And A, the number of switch stations would be much fewer, and the environmental impact of those switch stations is 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 much much lower than 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 the gas station, and when you look at being topped off with your energy everywhere you go, it's you know imagine Joel that everywhere you go, a Chevron an Exxon tanker would be topping you off all the time. That's great service. It's better than the product we have today. It's not a compromise that we're making to get out of a gasoline car, it's actually a much, much more convenient. You know, a lot of us would say the gas station, I've only got one friend who really sees the gas station experience as a positive one because somehow he likes the the smell of the fumes. But most people (laughs) that you ask don't like that experience. And with an experience that you're talked of all the time and you switch on those rare occasions that you do the longer trips in less than, it takes you to fill up a tank of gas. Most people, most consumers, and we've done some market research, have said that that is a far superior product. 
Well, I would have to. I would have to believe that. I mean, most people I know are not fond of the fumes <laughs> of a gas station. So that is a great idea. Now, I'm kind of interested. You said something about maybe at some point uh, the filling stations would know who you are as you approach, what kind of coffee you like. Uh, what kind of perks are you guys thinking about offering at these stations besides just a fresh battery? That's kind of neat. Well, the, the, the heart and soul of the system, the services we provide to electric vehicle drivers are based on sophisticated software that sits both in the vehicle as well as in these charge spots, switch stations, and we control them in a central location, pretty much like your smartphone communicates with AT&T or Verizon's hub, and you can be receiving services from them. So these electrical vehicles are not only fueled by a new uh, source of energy, which is renewable and clean, they are also networked so it's the it's the first time that the car which is a major device we use on a daily basis which is still in the stone age in terms of the communication capabilities mm-hmm. will be networked and hence all these types of ideas that i speak about uh, they don't have to exist today but over time because of the fact that sophisticated communication software resides in the vehicles and the charge infrastructure, you could add these things pretty much mm-hmm. like you see the iPhone adding applications and becoming more and more of a a personal assistant to all Very of us. Very cool. That is really exciting. Boy, Jason, I am so glad we have you for the whole hour because I have more questions than I even began with. Folks, we're going to be back in just a few minutes. We're going to commercial break, but don't go away. We'll have more with Jason Wolf, more with Better Place right after these commercial breaks. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST right here on the Voice America channel. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. If you're just joining us, we have a tremendous guest and a great topic that uh, really is very avant-garde. We're talking to Jason Wolf. He is with Better Place. Don't close this web browser. If you want to check out their website, open a new tab in your web browser and go to www.betterplace. They're a company that, that could very well resurrect the electric car. Everybody has heard of the Sony Pictures uh, film that was uh, Who Killed the Electric Car? Well, potentially nobody. It may be back in vogue, and that's thanks to the infrastructure that the company Better Place is going to be offering. Well, Jason, we're so pleased that you could join us on Go Green Radio today. Thanks for taking time to be with us. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Well, everybody in the business world keeps a close eye on what Warren Buffett does. And as I mentioned in the last segment, the first time that I heard about Better Place was in an early May edition of Fortune magazine where Warren Buffett was on the cover. And the, the article was talking about his investment, I think about 10% of the ownership of a company in China called BYD. They are electric car manufacturers. It's owned by Warren Buffett. And everybody watches the Oracle. Everybody watches what he does. Um, what do you think that his success with that company is dependent upon? Do you think the better place is actually going to help make or break the success of companies like BYD that are venturing into the electric vehicle? 
Well, I, with all humility, I, I, I'd start with the answer being yes. But uh, let me explain because it does require a lot of humility to support the oracle. Um, what we what we see, and and this is something that that Better Place doesn't make vehicles. We enable those vehicles, those electric vehicles, to be viable and massively adopted. And by seeing what's happening in the market, that all these major corporations, as well as large financiers like uh, like uh, uh, Warren Buffett, going and building hundreds of thousands and plans for millions of these electric vehicles is great for all of the industry, but we do believe that Better Places model helps those vehicles become viable in two ways. The first thing they do, and I, I repeat the, the, the description of our services, is the battery. We make these vehicles affordable. Ownership of the battery takes away ten to $15,000 of these vehicles. We make these vehicles convenient, so there's charge spots wherever you go. So just think of buying a mobile phone. If there wasn't coverage, if you couldn't speak on that mobile phone, the value of the phone itself is diminished. So we are in the world of the mobile phone, the Verizon, the AT&T, that enables the Motorola's, the Apple iPhones, the Nokia's, the Rooms to become much, much more competitive and much more widely adopted. I liked something that your CEO mentioned. It makes such perfect sense. He has a way, and, and so do you, of making what might be a very complex business model very accessible and easy to understand. He said... You know, when, when people buy an electric vehicle and they have to buy the battery as well, it's as if uh, somebody buying a gasoline vehicle has to buy all the fuel up front. Um, instead, we buy fuel for a gasoline car little bit by little bit as we need it. Your technology is allowing owners of electric vehicles to do the same and hence reducing the cost of the, of the shell, of the vehicle itself. Um, but the fuel is owned by Better Place. And, and drivers can access it as they need it. And I love that explanation. Thanks, Jill. You, you can do my job for me. That is, that is <laughs> precisely, if I walked into a car dealership today and chose the, any vehicle with eight years' worth of gasoline, it would also be very, very expensive, much more expensive than even the electric vehicle is today. So once you remove that battery... You are exactly right that at that point I have a choice between a better car that is costing me less and that is sustainable for the environment. So absolutely. Well, you know, I know that you are focused on California. You guys have already, Better Place has already had some successful beta operations going in Israel and Denmark. Um, why are you looking at California as sort of the first U.S. toehold for better place in the United States? I think uh, to people who, who have visited California, there's three things that make it very unique. A, and, and this is, this is a, uh, a, a, good, a good thing, the disposable income. This is a state with a very, very high uh, rate of income per household. Second thing is innovation. The early adoption of any new technology in this state has been tremendous, and the venture capitals here, the industry, every major revolution in the last hundred years has been driven by companies 
a lot of them from Silicon Valley, but California in general. And thirdly, and this is something that, that we're very proud of, and especially I'm sure you are, is that California has been leading the way in the U.S. in terms of its policies on environmental change and, 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 and health and environment in general. So those three elements make California a perfect demographically, politically, socially, as well as innovation and funding-wise, the best place to start. Well, and I, as a Californian myself, um, I believe all that to be true. And I'm hoping that the recent events with the economy and our state budget don't hamper that situation. Have you found that, um, I know that you all had a press conference in November 2008 with Governor Schwarzenegger and the mayors of Oakland and San Jose and San Francisco. Um, since November of 2008, are you still feeling as comfortable um, with that kind of, you know, infrastructure and policy infrastructure and funding infrastructure in, in California as you were at that time? And, and that's a fair, a fair fear would be that with the current state budget issues, we would see some retrenching from the initial commitments. But as you mentioned, from November 20th, where the governors and uh, people and the municipalities of the three large cities, San Francisco, San Jose, and Oakland, stood up on stage with us and other uh, business leaders from the region and declared that Silicon Valley, will, the Bay Area, will become the EV, the electric vehicle capital of the U.S., there has been only increased efforts and intensity even in the, in the face of the budget uh, problems we're facing. So I think what, what the governor's office and, and the local municipalities have realized <clears throat> excuse me, is that when we do this transformation and we invest today in this, we are creating the foundation for the next revolution, next industrial revolution, and that will be copied by other countries and other regions and drive both economic as well as environmental prosperity to this region. So we have not cut off the seedling that is really going to drive the next wave of, of, of prosperity for California. Well, and that's exciting because it, it occurs to me as you're talking that, you know, if, if the commitment remains solid on the part of the governor and the mayors of the Bay Area um, to do this, Silicon Valley could kind of become a, a Detroit of the 21st century in terms of influence and impact on the automotive industry. Um, there could be a tremendous influx of green jobs around this technology if better place and and these this uh, you know triumvirate of mayors from Oakland, San Jose, and, and San Francisco remain steadfast towards these goals. That's pretty exciting. It, it's absolutely exciting, and it's already happening. This is not something that. That, that, that And just in this last month or two, we've seen a sister company that we're all really proud of, Tesla Motors, who's building a very interesting product for, for, a, for, a, for a segment of the population, has got $475 million in, in government loan guarantees. So there's definitely going to be a large number of companies growing in this area that are going to drive this revolution forward. I don't think it's going to be instead of Detroit or other manufacturing areas. I think it's really complementary. If you think about an electric vehicle versus a gasoline vehicle, you've got about $15,000 on average of electronics components and computing power. 
which is something that is best built in the in the capital, the world capital of those industries, communications, semiconductors, here in, in, in California. The rest of it, there's tremendous experience in Detroit and other areas in the U.S. that have been building vehicles for the last hundred years. That part of the industry needs to remain intact. Now, bringing those things together is really where the magic is happening and I think, you know, Bob Lutz from GM mentioned this. He said one of the instigating things for them to build the Chevy Volt and other vehicle, electric vehicles was his visit and his test drive of a Tesla. So really? I think we're starting to see the ability for the U.S. It's not yet realized in full, but the ability for the U.S. to revitalize the car industry without losing it as well as uh, increasing this innovation in, in battery management and in smart componentry on this electric vehicle. That is really exciting, Jason. And I, I really thank you for being with us on Go Green Radio. And we're going to be back with Jason after this commercial break, and we're going to be talking about where does the electricity charge those batteries come from. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right, more with that, right back with more on Go Green Radio after these commercial breaks. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy the R every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. Today's guest comes to us from a company called Better Place, and it just so happens that they may be the ones who enable electric vehicles 
to become wildly successful in the consumer marketplace. We're joined by Jason Wolf. He is the head of North America Business Development for Better Place. I'd love for you to check out their website without closing the web browser to listen to Go Green Radio. Open up a new tab in your web browser and go to www.betterplace.com. Again, welcome, Jason. We're so glad to have you on Go Green Radio. Thanks, Jill. Well, I have a curiosity that just can't be satiated with any of the information I can get my hands on, so I'm going to ask you straight up. One of my chief concerns with electric vehicles is that though the vehicles themselves have no carbon emissions, the electricity that recharges the batteries is likely to come from fossil fuel-fired plants that emit carbon. We know that in the United States, about 70 to 80% of our electricity comes from fossil fuel-fired plants, depending on where we live and how much green energy our utilities are able to get a hold of at an affordable rate. And if people are recharging their car batteries by plugging in at home, my fear is that we're shifting the carbon that their old cars used to emit to carbon that's emitted from the coal plant down the road that produces so much of our electricity. Now, I've read on your website that Better Place um, is dealing with this issue, that you, that you want to power those batteries using renewable energy sources. How are you dealing with that issue of, of not shifting the carbon emissions, you know, from the gasoline cars to the power plants to charge the batteries? What's your plan? Better Place is, is, is taking a zero-zero strategy, which means zero emission on the vehicle, and zero emission from the creation of the energy that we're putting into the vehicle. That said, what you said is correct. There is a fear that if people charge these vehicles without the Better Place model or otherwise, that some additional capacity of energy will be required, which means additional carbon. Even though, even though 40% less greenhouse gases is emitted from the same energy that's used in a combustion engine. So even if all the energy that we're using for these electrical vehicles is coming from coal and other dirty sources of, of electricity, it's still 40% more efficient. However, as I said, Better Place and many of the, the states and, and utilities are working towards a higher percentage of renewables are guaranteeing us that we can use renewable energy. Now, in Better Places model, this means that we are contracting for the entire amount of energy we use. So let's just pretend we use X gigawatt hours a year, which is the measure of electricity energy. We would purchase that amount in renewables, wave, sun, wind, power, energy. Now, very important to understand is we're looking at California where, where we focus. California is already on the verge of reaching 20%, one-fifth of all the energy is coming from renewable. And the legislation is standing to make 33%, a third of energy by 2020, renewable. The major amount of that energy is going to come from wind. So the growth between 20% to 33% is going to come from wind. And for those of us in California, we know wind blows mainly at night. Mm -hmm. When is the time that our cars are going to be charging the most energy? That's at, at night. night. Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen really is not only are we going to be using renewable energy, which is zero emission, 
we're also going to increase the value of renewables for the entire market. So bring down the whole price of energy because today when that wind blows at night, there is no usage for that energy. And the utilities, the the independent system operators that have to control the energy have to basically burn it off. They've got these huge toaster-like machines that might sit up in the Sierras, and when that energy blows and we're all asleep and there's nowhere to use that energy, they need to burn it off in order to keep the equilibrium on the energy grid. So we, Better Place, with a smart, sophisticated timing, can put the energy into the batteries and make sure that that energy, which presumably could be wasted, is now leveraged and used the next day for our commutes. That's pretty interesting because, you know, a lot of people ask me um, as I travel around the U.S. And, and give speeches on, you know, all things green, a lot of people will ask me, well, we have the technology to produce green electricity. Why are we still using coal-fired plants at all? And I, I remind people that the difference in price per kilowatt hour for wind uh, is pretty significant when you compare that to the price per kilowatt hour for coal. And there's a reason why we haven't just flipped a switch and everything uh, is powered on green electricity because it's more expensive. But one of the things with wind technology, and this is true of solar, is that it's very difficult to store. As you mentioned, um, if the wind's blowing at night, we really haven't had you know any sweeping technology that would help us store that electricity in a battery of some kind um, for use later. Same thing with solar. Sometimes it's difficult to transmit that electricity because it just isn't as stable as you know, the electricity that's produced from, say, a coal-fired plant. So what you're saying is that with the batteries that Better Place will own, you'll actually have a way of store, capturing and storing what would otherwise be wasted green electricity. Is that correct? Absolutely. Think of it, by and large, the electricity industry for the last 100 plus years has been an, an industry that has to produce and consume the energy at a simultaneous fashion. So when everything we produce, we consume immediately. There has to be this equilibrium. Very small amounts of storage have been available. Today, for the first time, a transportation usage of millions of electric vehicles with batteries on a distributed network that is smartly managed can store a lot of this energy for use later on. So that shifting reduces, as you put it, reduces the cost of renewable energy and makes it much more competitive with the traditional fuels because at the end of the day, it's going to be the price and the cost that is going to drive the decisions by consumers and by corporations. So talk to me about the interface between what you all are doing and the kind of capacity and storage opportunities that you're going to be providing. Um, let's say you know Pacific Gas and Electric. They're very, very progressive. They're really working hard to try and provide their utility consumers with a greater and greater portfolio of green energy. So how will their efforts to do that be enhanced through what you're going to be doing to capture nighttime wind electricity uh, in California. It won't be competitive, I'm assuming. Um, How will it be a a symbiotic relationship with a utility like PG&E? 
for PG&E to build more and more renewable sources of generation, there is a capital investment that's required. So there's a need to put upfront money versus existing coal-fired and other uh, plants. That capital investment needs to be recovered somehow. Better Place states in its business model that we purchase only renewable energy. And as part of that declaration, we know that there's going to be a premium, similar to a coffee house that chooses to sell paper cups and not styrofoam cups because that's part of their brand, and they might pay one cent more per cup because of that decision. We believe in a sustainable business model, and we're born out of the mission of ending addiction to oil. So we will put in our service the fact that we are going to buy renewable energy at that premium. That premium allows the investments that the utilities need to put more and more renewables online. I'll give you an example in Israel, which has gone from almost predominantly all coal uh, 10, 15 years ago to a bigger mix, and by 2012, plan to put a massive uh, solar thermal plant online to support the rollout that we're doing in that country. So those types of investments now are totally symbiotic. We invest, we have smart ways to harvest the wind and solar, and that increases the value to us, and in turn, we can pass some of that value back to the utility to invest more in the generation. Brilliant. That's really, really brilliant. I love that. And I, I can only imagine that the utility companies must love to see you coming because this is certainly going to help them in, in their goals of creating a, a greener and greener portfolio of, of renewable energy for their customers. Now, I love this, this term that your company has coined. You call yourselves a sustainable mobility company. Now, that could have been a sustainable electric vehicle for personal use company. Does Better Place have its eye on other forms of transportation besides just electric personal vehicles? When you say sustainable mobility company, that sounds bigger than just, you know, electric cars for individuals and families. Well, you, you don't think it's enough what we've just uh, described? <laughs> I think we've got enough to chew on. No, seriously, though, but in terms of business, focus is, is one of the keys to success. And and as as the model is simple, it is still very complex. There's a big ecosystem to drive. And having a clear focus, target market, is really what we want to do in the near term. We, of course, have to have a bigger vision, and ending oil is a very big mission to fill. So we do have a bigger vision, but for the foreseeable future, we want to focus on the 25% of drivers that are actually consuming 60% of the gasoline. So think about this again. The people that are commuting 15,000 and above miles a year are actually, although they're only 25% of the drivers, they are consuming 60% of the gasoline. So if we solve for them alone, we are now in a position that we have solved greenhouse gas problems, or 40% of it in the Bay Area is attributable to transportation. So it, it makes a huge dent on our mission and our goal to stop environmental problems, to change the, the, the economics of, of oil dependency, health issues, 15,000 people in the U.S. are 
are, are presumed dying by, by uh, transportation-related pollution. So all these things are really critical to understand, and, and if we stay focused on that first segment, you, you never know what will happen in five to ten years. Well, that's true. And if you're successful in, in reaching the goals that you've set forward in the, in the short term, and when I say short term, the next five to ten years, um, you may spark the kind of research and development um, that would end up, you know, allowing us to see semi-trucks and other forms of transportation running on electricity. You just never know what the ripple effect will be, and it's exciting. Well, folks, we're going to be taking a commercial break, but when we return, we'll be back with Jason, and I want to talk about uh, this ending of our addiction to oil and the ramifications. Very exciting stuff, so don't go away. We'll be right back with more Better Place and more Go Green Radio in just a moment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? or 14%. Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote, and then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Interstate Sportsman Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I want to thank Cynthia from Sacramento for calling in. She is interested in having our guest, Jason Wolf, maybe come up to Sacramento and do a presentation. And for any of you who have the same request, 
I want you to go to www.betterplace.com. You can find the media contact, Julie Mullins, on their website and contact her for speaker requests and other presentation requests. He's good, isn't he? Jason Wolf joining us on Go Green Radio. We are excited to have him, and I know many of you are very interested in asking him some questions, so if you want to, you can give us a call or send us an email. We'll make sure that all your questions are answered. Jason, I have a question that uh, really is one of those things that makes me so inspired to, uh, to wait for the success and to look forward to the success of Better Place, and that is ending our nation's addiction to foreign oil. Talk about how if Better Place is successful, what will that mean geopolitically for our country and other countries who adopt Better Place and electric vehicles on a large scale? Thanks, Jill. We're all excited about that because when you look at the prospect, it is absolutely amazing what happens to an economy, um, regardless of our discussion. We spend most of the time talking about the environment, but you just look at the economy and the impact that has on us. If we stop um, California, for instance, it's about 22 to $24 billion a year in gasoline. Now, that number might sound familiar to people who are trying to close the budget gap. There's mm-hmm. lots of, of, of value that we can derive by stopping to send uh, huge amounts of money abroad and using them within the economy. This renewable energy from if it's generated centrally or even on our houses in solar and wind is immediately something that starts to feed the economy. There's people that are installing these systems. There's people that are maintaining these systems. There's service related to to all these systems. The energy now being used locally, that money has a multiplier. So economically, transitioning away from oil is, is the right thing to do. Health-wise, we spoke about 15,000 people in some research annually dying from pollution related to, to oil. And I think, you know, besides the environmental health and economical impacts of it, the, 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 the hidden gem in all of this is that if we move away from oil, we're going to allow ourselves to look at, at, at other usages that today we use oil for. When we refine oil for gasoline, we use the derivatives for other things in plastics and other uh, uh, products. We will find innovative ways to do them because we won't have that cheap, non-sustainable raw material that comes out of the refining of oil. Well, and all of that is terrific, but I'll have to admit that as a former naval officer, my husband's a former Marine Corps officer, I know you were an officer in the Israeli military as well, um, for me there are some geopolitical realities that, you know, I have friends that are over in the Middle East right now, um, and, you know, nobody likes to think that we were, you know, at war or that the war on terrorism is just about oil, but certainly we know that the, the money that's funding some of the terrorist activities that we've seen in the world um, come from oil-rich companies or countries, and it would be great if, uh, if we could diminish the capacity for violence around the world by going to something that's actually good for the world, and electric energy that's from renewable energy. So I, I really can't help but think that if Better Place is successful, there could be a whole lot of, of upshots to that that are positive for our, for our uh, world. 
And you are a braver person than I am to say that. I guess that's why you're on radio. I, <laughs> I, try, I try to talk about the other elements. It's a little harder to talk about the the security and what goes into funding these things. But, but yes, it is a critical element, the geopolitical solution of moving away from funding these uh, sometimes very harmful uh, entities. Well, it's true. Now, I think that the, the economic aspects of Better Places success are really exciting. When you talk about um, what kind of green jobs may come from Better Places success, um, they're by definition domestic jobs if you're using renewable energy. Say, for instance, that you're operating in California and you're using renewable energy that comes from California. Well, I would love to see a lot of Californians putting up, you know, solar panels and wind and what have you. Um, that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. And, and if The renewable energy is one side of it. Our entire infrastructure to provide the services is a whole other element. Putting charge spots in place, maintaining these switch stations. All these things are things that have to be done locally. You cannot outsource them to another country. That's and right, that's and, and that is so, so important to remember. And, Jason, thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. Same time, same place next week, folks, for more Go Green Radio. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 